Savior Jesus, the Christ. Well, we continue in the series, and remember what we're doing now. We're looking uh, each week at uh, one of our brothers and sisters in the Bible there, and uh, recognizing, you know, looking at these these ordinary people that uh, um, did some extraordinary kinds of things, and then trying to ask the question, uh, you know, what can we glean from their life that we can take and put into uh, put into our life so that we become extraordinarily useful for the kingdom of God. So today, we're going to turn to this guy named uh, Barnabas. And we run into Barnabas uh, mostly uh, in the book of uh, Acts. So we're going to jump around this morning a little bit in the, in the book of Acts to discover uh, who he is. And the first place we run into Barnabas is in uh, Acts uh, chapter 4. And so if you look at the text here, uh, there's some interesting things right away that we learn about, about Barnabas. Uh, it says, for instance, there was Joseph. Okay, so who did we just start with? Joseph. We're going to talk about Joseph, actually. So, for instance, there was Joseph, the one of the, the, one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. Now, we just learned some important stuff about Barnabas, didn't we? I mean, this whole time, when, and we've been publicizing, anytime you talk about this character, this ordinary guy in the scripture, we always refer to him as Barnabas. But what did we learn his name was? Yeah, his name is Joseph. You see that right away? His name is Joseph, and yet if you ask anybody about this character in the Bible, this ordinary guy in the Bible, they will always call him Barnabas. But the reality is his name is Joseph, and Barnabas is his nickname. See that? Barnabas is his nickname. Now, why does he have a nickname? Well, apparently what the apostles did is they looked at Barnabas, and they just started calling him Barnabas because they said, man, this guy is such an encouraging guy. Son of encouragement. You see that in the text? He is a son of encouragement. So they just had to look at him, and instead of looking at him and seeing the first thing they saw, saying, Joseph, oh, there's Joe. Hey, Joseph, how you doing, man? No. As soon as they look at him, the first thing they identify with him is his character, his outlook, his attitude, and they say, oh, Tith Barnabas, son of encouragement. Isn't that fascinating? His whole life... And now, as we refer to him in our day and time, we don't talk to him about his given name, Joseph. We talk to him about his attitude, his outlook, and who he became known as a person by what he did and the way he interacted with people. He was an incredible encourager. And so right away, the apostles looked at him and said, Oh, Barnabas, amen, son of encouragement. Now, here's the real challenge. When you think about the people that you interact with, if, if you would start doing the same thing, if you, if you would stop using their name, their given name, and, and you would start putting a nickname on them that displayed their attitude and their outlook on life, what kind of names would you come up with? Oh, there's Susie, son of Weiner. Hey, Joe, I mean, you know, Joe, the son of complainer. Am I right? 
I mean, think about if we did it different. Think about if all of our names were a display of our attitude and our outlook and how people interacted and perceived us in our person. That's a whole different gig, isn't it? I mean, that's extraordinary what Barnabas teaches teaches us just by virtue of who he was as a person. I mean, ultimately, the test would be not how you name other people, correct? The real test would be, how would people name you? What's your nickname? I mean, as they look at you, as you experience life, what would they nickname you? Would they say, Barnabas, hey, son of encouragement, good to see you, man. What would they say? See, the first thing we can learn from Barnabas is that ordinary people who do extraordinary things have a Barnabas kind of outlook and attitude in life. Barnabas is an incredible character because of the the person that he just displays himself to be whenever he interacts with anybody else. And we're going to see this as we look at all the instances this morning where we interact with Barnabas, is that this is consistently who Barnabas is as a person. He is an incredibly encouraging person. He has that kind of character and that kind of outlook. Ordinary people who do extraordinary things have that kind of outlook and that kind of attitude. If we follow on with Barnabas and and, uh, say, well, okay, what else about this guy? He's got a positive outlook and a great encouraging attitude. He's also a very focused guy. As we look at this ordinary guy, Barnabas, we see that one of the things he's always concerned about with the people around them is their spiritual situation. He is a person who's always concerned with exercising a spiritual influence on others. It's just one of the priorities of who he is. As he's an encourager, as he's this person who's got this positive attitude and outlook and encouraging in life, he's always looking at the spiritual experience of those who are around him. We can go uh, into Acts chapter 11. And uh, in chapter 11, what's happened is the, the church has been scattered by persecution. You know, Stephen was stoned, and then persecution fell on the church, and and all the Christians scattered, and they scattered throughout the then-known world. And what happened is when they scattered, they started forming churches. They kept on witnessing. They kept telling people about Christ. And so they kept forming churches, and so a church formed in Antioch. And that's where the text picks up. It says, when the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, meaning what had happened in Antioch, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. What did you just learn about Barnabas? Do you notice the joy he had at the spiritual success of others? He shows up at this church. He doesn't know what he's walking into. He shows up at this church, and right away he is just overjoyed with the spiritual influence that's taking place in this church. He's excited to see how the gospel is growing and how God is blessing these Christians in Antioch. 
And notice he follows that up by his own contribution, by making sure that he encourages everybody about staying true to their faith in Jesus Christ. That is a great statement. Barnabas is an encouraging person, but he's not afraid to challenge people about their spiritual situation. I mean, as he's encouraging them, he's willing to say, now, wait a minute, are you, are you staying true to what it means to follow Jesus Christ? Are, are you staying on the path of what it means to be a disciple now of Jesus Christ? He's encouraging them. He's given them positive influence. But at the same time, he's not afraid to say, now, wait a minute, we've got to stay in the right place. How easy is it for we Christians to look past the failings or the faults of others as if they don't exist and never challenge them in their spiritual life. Pretty easy, isn't it? Because we want to keep our relationship just kind of good. We just want to keep our relationship smooth. Barnabas, positive outlook of Barnabas, and yet when he gets to Antioch, he sees what God is doing and he keeps challenging him. He keeps challenging him. Saying, listen, are you growing? Are you, are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you staying in the right place? And the outcome, when people looked at him, they didn't say, oh, there's that Barnabas, that guy who's always after me about my spiritual life. Notice how they assessed Barnabas. Barnabas was a good man, and he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he was strong in faith. Did they think he was a terrible guy? He kept after them about their spiritual life, and they respected him for it. See, this is a lesson for us to learn, I think, from Barnabas. This ordinary guy who did extraordinary stuff. Was he, was not, he was not afraid to talk to other people about where are you with Jesus Christ? Where are you with Jesus Christ? Where, where are you walking? Where, where's your life headed? And in his encouraging attitude, he could encourage them to say, listen, if you're not walking in the path of Christ, let me tell you how great it is. He used the gift he had of being that encourager to not only point people to Jesus, but to challenge people to stay in that path with Jesus. Next thing with Barnabas. And this is like one of the best things about Barnabas. Uh, this is a lesson for all of us. It appears that Barnabas, this ordinary guy, was so much more concerned with the success of God's kingdom that he was concerned with his own success. His priority was the success of the kingdom and not his own success. Now he goes to Antioch. We just heard that, right? He goes to Antioch. And were things going good in Antioch for him? Absolutely. Everybody thought he was a great guy, right? Isn't that where we ended? Everybody thought, Barnabas, yeah, he's a great guy. He's a good man. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And and the church was growing, and, and everything was going absolutely fantastic. And as Barnabas was there, I mean, Barnabas, you got to figure, was being lifted up, and, and he was getting a whole lot of you know good feedback about what a great guy he was and how great the church was since he came. And I mean, this would be a sweet deal for Barnabas, wouldn't it? I mean, this would be like, man, he could stay there a long time. And look what Barnabas does next. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. 
It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Isn't this extraordinary? What did Barnabas do? He put the success of the church of Antioch higher than his own personal success. To the point that he would reach out now and go bring Paul, who was Saul, bring Paul back to the church of Antioch and minister together with Paul. He had a sweet deal going. He could have kept it all to himself. But he didn't. He put his personal success aside for the sake of building up that church in Antioch. And when we follow this through, we see this was the key for Barnabas. This is what he did. He let other people become greater, and he became lesser. The Apostle Paul learned the lesson. The Apostle Paul taught the church at uh, Philippi that. If you look at what he wrote to the church in Philippi, uh, Paul writes, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. We know what Jesus' attitude was. He was all about pleasing the Father. He wasn't for his own personal glory. He was about pleasing the Father. Barnabas gives this extraordinary lesson of keeping us focused on what's most important. For Barnabas, it was the success of the kingdom. And it was not his own personal success. To the point that he could go and reach out and bring Saul back, bring Paul back in. And as we follow it along, Paul became greater and Barnabas became lesser. And there's a biblical principle for this. I mean, what we're talking about here. If we go back to uh, John the Baptist, you remember that guy? John the Baptist, he had his own followers. And if you go into John 3, John the Baptist starts talking to his followers. And he says, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourself know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become what? What is John concerned about? He's concerned about Jesus, the Messiah, accomplishing the purpose for which God sent him into the world. And John understands he needs to be lesser. This is the principle that Barnabas teaches us as well. It's so fascinating. If you, if you walk through uh, the book of Acts, you get to the 13th chapter in the book of Acts, and uh, Barnabas and Paul now <coughs> excuse me, have been together for all of those chapters. You go to the 8th verse and it says, uh, but uh, Elamus, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Now, did you notice the order when it referred to Barnabas and Saul? Who's first in the list? Barnabas, right? Barnabas and Saul. Now, go to the next slide. And we're at the 13th verse. So we're at the 8th verse. From that 8th verse all the way back, okay, to the beginning of Acts, as you go forward in Acts, you know, backwards in Acts, I mean, 
It's always that way. It's always Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul. You get right here, just a few verses later, Paul and his companions had left uh, Paphos by ship uh, for Pamphylia, landing at the port in the town of Perga. There John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. Now look at the 14th verse. But who? Paul and Barnabas. Who just moved into the first position? Do you see that? From here on out in the book of Acts, this is the constant reference. It now becomes Paul and Barnabas. There's just a few times in there where it's back to Barnabas and Paul. It now becomes Paul and Barnabas. What's happened? Paul has become the greater in witnessing for Christ and Barnabas the lesser. Isn't that extraordinary? This is what extraordinary people do. Ordinary, extraordinary people are not in it for themselves. They're about expand, expanding, extending the kingdom however God wants to do it. And if that means somebody else becomes greater and they become lesser, awesome good. Fantastic for the joy of the success of the kingdom. And Paul, even to today, even today when we start talking about Paul and we start talking about the missionary journeys that Paul took, we always talk about, oh yeah, Paul took these missionary journeys and, oh yeah, Barnabas went along most of the time. Isn't that fascinating? You see, it's this extraordinary principle that, that extraordinary people who want to do incredible things for the kingdom put the kingdom above their own personal success. And if they're going to put the kingdom of their own, above their own personal success, then they're always looking to better other people. This is the other principle from Barnabas. Barnabas was always looking for the opportunity to better other people. If you look at Acts 9, it says, When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, uh, but they were all afraid of him. This is earlier, remember, Acts 9? So this is after Paul has had this road to Damascus experience. When Jesus showed up, right? And, and his life was totally changed, and now he started proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah. Remember, before this, Paul was a huge persecutor of the church, right? He was dragging Christians out of their home and having them stoned and tortured. But now, after the road to Damascus, Paul is preaching about Jesus. And so Paul goes to Jerusalem. And what's the reaction of the church in Jerusalem? Whoa! This is the guy that was killing Christians. I don't think we want anything to do with him. Right? Whoa! This is the guy who dragged my third cousin out and had him stoned. I don't want anything to do with this guy. But look what happens in the next verse. They did not believe he was truly, he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of Jesus. Who took the risk? Barnabas. Why? Because he wanted the success of the kingdom, and he was willing to look at what others could become. He set aside his own success, 
He set aside his own position. Why? To build somebody else up. When nobody else in Jerusalem would take the step to go and find out, okay, is God working through this person? Is God really working or is he a fake? Barnabas took the step. That's what extraordinary people do. Extraordinary people take that step. They take that risk. They take that step that looks how other people can be built up and what other people can accomplish in the kingdom. It's not about them. It's about the kingdom. And so Barnabas took that step. Barnabas stepped out and he looked for the good of what somebody else could become. He looked at what Paul could do. And, and it's not just Paul that he does this for. We see it in, uh, in later on in the book of Acts. Uh, you heard in that verse another reference not just to Paul but to a guy named Mark, right? Remember reading that? To a guy named Mark? If you look at Acts 15, um, we see after some time Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we were previously preached the word of the Lord and see how the new believers are doing. Going to do a road trip, going to go check out how do we do. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. You read We just read that verse, remember? John Mark dumped on him. He took off. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. You see, they became so contentious. Why? Because Paul said, no, I don't want anything to do with John Mark. He dumped me before. I'm not taking the risk. What did Barnabas do? This ordinary guy did an extraordinary thing and said, listen, John Mark deserves a second chance. I see what he can become. I understand what God can do in his life. I see that John Mark can become an incredible, incredible purpose for God here. And he's willing to take the risk. And so he takes John Mark back under his wings. And of course we know it pays off. What's so interesting is in this section, Paul is saying, no way, no way, no way. Barnabas is adamant saying, yeah, the guy deserves a second chance. You get to Colossians and you hear Paul talking to the church in Colossians. Next slide, guys. There you go. Uh, Aristarchus, who was imprisoned with me, sends you his greetings. And so does who? Mark. There's Mark. Mark is back there with Paul, Barnabas' cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Do you see that something has changed about Paul's attitude towards Mark? What Barnabas invested in Mark turned out to become an incredible truth. That Mark became so much more because Barnabas took the risk. Barnabas saw what Mark could become. You get to 2 Timothy 4. You get to 2 Timothy 4 and Paul is saying, only Luke is with me. Bring Mark. We need Mark. Give me more Mark. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. What transition has taken place? Paul now looks at Mark and says, man, I need Mark. I've got to have Mark. Where is, bring the guy. Will you get the guy over here? I've got to have the guy as part of my team. Isn't this extraordinary? That's what ordinary, extraordinary people do. Ordinary, extraordinary people are always looking for what God can do in the lives of other people. And they're willing to take the risk. Barnabas saw what John Mark could become. And he was willing to take the risk. 
And in the end, Mark becomes the guy that Paul is calling for. And he influences us today. Mark writes the Gospel of Mark. You read it? If Barnabas would not have taken that risk, we may not have those words in that witness. Ordinary people do extraordinary things by looking for what other people can become, seeing what God sees in other people and what they can become. Last one. Ordinary, extraordinary people are also willing to sacrifice for the kingdom. They're willing to sacrifice for kingdom purposes. This goes back to Acts 4, and it's the first time that you meet Barnabas. This is the first time in Scripture that you meet Barnabas in the book of Acts. And what's going on is, of course, the new Christians are all there, and the church is forming, and it says in a powerful way, the apostles told everyone that the, that the Lord Jesus was now alive, and God greatly blessed his followers, and uh, no one went in need of anything, and everyone who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles, and they would give the money to anyone who needed it. What's going on? They're meeting people's needs, right? They're meeting people's needs. They're taking care of people within the Christian community, right? They're meeting people's needs. And then we meet Barnabas. Joseph was one of the followers who had sold a piece of property and brought the money to the apostles. He was a Levite from Cyprus. The apostle called him, called him Barnabas, which means one, one who encourages others. There's where we meet him. What did Barnabas do? First thing. He was willing to sacrifice for the sake of the kingdom. That's what extraordinary people do. You see this all along? Do you get this in, in, in Barnabas? The Barnabas is about achieving something greater than anything involved in his own personal success. And so he takes a piece of land and he sells it and gives, takes the money and says, Here, church, do what you need. Meet people's needs. That's more important than me, me owning a piece of ground. This is Barnabas. Barnabas is that ordinary but extraordinary person who continues to be that person of encouragement to the point of always putting the kingdom, always putting the kingdom higher than his own personal achievements. Let's pray. Father, we ask you today that you would help each one of us to learn from Barnabas. What an incredible guy. And he still stands as that word of encouragement. And we pray that uh, people would come to know us in the same way. That because of your work in our life, uh, because of your reshaping and remolding our lives, that when others look at us, they could see the same thing and know the possibilities of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And give us the eyes to see and, and find those people, bring them into our lives that that we can encourage and strengthen so that they can become even greater and the kingdom can become even larger. Father, thank you for Barnabas and thank you for the witness he still makes to us today. What an extraordinary guy. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.